Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hey, Trojan fans, welcome to a very special edition of the Peristyle Podcast. We are joined by USC linebacker coach, recruiting coordinator, and associate head coach uh, covering defense, uh, Coach Peter Sermon. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Sermon USC. That's at Coach Sermon USC. Coach, thanks very much for joining us today on the Peristyle Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ryan. No problem. And I just want to check in first before we get to this recruiting stuff. Um, you know, you, you, little, uh, you got a year under your belt at USC. Just wanted to see how it's going, the transition from Washington, still being in the Pac-12, and how it's been down here at USC. The transition's been great. You know, the uh, the players have been um, really good to work with, and they've been very open with what we're doing. And, and uh, right now they're just starting the uh, the winter conditioning phase, and uh, the kids are doing great. A lot of guys coming up to the office, and, uh, and things are going really well. Is that kind of a hard time? People don't know, but you, you can't coach them really until spring football starts. So that kind of this off, you can meet with them and stuff, but you can't really get out there on the field with them when they're out there throwing the football around and stuff. Is that kind of a difficult time where you're kind of limited as far as time goes with the players? Well, you're limited. You know, I'm, I'm lucky enough I get here pretty early in the morning. So uh, when they're out there on the field, 6, 7 o'clock, I had to get, get to go out there and, and watch them um, go through uh, drills and winter conditioning with Coach Lewis. Um, you know, sometimes you want to coach them, but I think also sometimes there's there needs to be a little bit of, of room for them to develop and grow, and and uh, so much of it is uh, football is making sure you have the right uh, mentality and make sure you have the right energy and enthusiasm, and and I don't think you can achieve that by coaching 365 days a year. You know, I think there has to be the football season, there's spring ball, there's time to get better physically, uh, which is right where they're at right now in winter condition. And, and then and you see that, that, that growth and development going into the football aspect. And then for people that don't know, uh, Peter Sermon was an all-pack 10 uh, linebacker at Oregon, started for four years there for the Ducks, had a seven-year NFL, NFL career with the Tennessee Titans, uh, then had stopped coaching at Central Washington, Oregon, Tennessee, and then, of course, uh, the last stop at Washington before USC. And uh, part of the you, the, t- the titles you had, you're coaching linebackers, but also recruiting coordinator, both at Washington at, and at USC. And we had a, a question about that for as far as recruiting co- coordinator goes. Like, what is your responsibilities there? From from the Peristyle, from USCFootball.com, SAC55 wanted to know, as a recruiting coordinator, what are your responsibilities? Really, it's it's to handle all, um, all facets of, of recruitment, from uh, materials of uh, what we send, to the uh, to the athletes, to the kids, uh, how we communicate with the folks, um, the identification of players that we're going to recruit, um, how we make uh, our impact tapes on how we make our, our really our decisions uh, based on on uh, what we're looking for in kids, uh, trying to keep uh, the staff you know exactly what we're looking for, you know, and helping identify those kind of players, um, and then from there it's um, where coaches go, which games they go to during the evaluation time, um, schedules for contact period, who we're going to see, 
when we're going to uh, see them off campus, uh, setting up official visits, um, what we're going to do on the official visits. Um, so really, it's it's really from when we identify them to, to when we sign them, it's, it's kind of a, a full-service uh, project. Sounds like a lot of uh, extra responsibilities there. Is that, is that something you enjoy doing, being the recruiting coordinator? I, I love it, Ryan. You know, it, it's one of those things where not many – uh, situations do you get to choose your players, and I, I think that's what makes uh, college football so unique and uh, such an advantage at a place like SC. It's uh, you really get to uh, make a, a huge impact on who you bring in. Uh, ultimately, you get final say on who you bring in, and I think it, it, it's such a uh, powerful thing to be able to. To know the kids, know what you're trying to build, go out and identify them, create relationships, and then ultimately help them develop is, is, is very rewarding. And I, for you guys, certainly a week ago was a very rewarding day. Uh, Scout had you guys as the number one recruiting class in the country. Um, do you guys pay attention to the, the kind of rankings at all or the players with stars? Does that matter at all for you guys? You know, early in the process, Ryan, the, the, the stars don't mean anything. Um, but I made the comment on uh, on signing day. I know that recruiting rankings don't win or lose uh, any games that day. But if we're keeping score, we're trying to win. So we won uh, last Wednesday. For sure. Um, and the numbers game changed for you too. I know it was only really one recruiting cycle where you had to you know recruit fewer players. You ended up bringing in uh, 19. I guess you could say 20 with uh, the the blue shirt kicker uh, Matt Bormeister. But um, what was the game? How did the game change when, on the board, there was ten extra spots? Essentially, you could bring in twenty-five guys for the class of two thousand fifteen, as opposed to the class of two thousand fourteen. Well, it changed immensely on on addressing certain positions, or really all positions. What we did this class, um, it keeps you um, in the game longer for more players. You know, with, with just some of the flexibility um, of us, you know, planning this. This, uh, this class out, I think, really uh, methodically and, and having the execution come out, you know, because when you're dealing with 24 uh, new players, I mean, that, that's, there's a lot of flexibility in terms of what direction and how you allocate uh, positional needs, um, your mid-years, your junior college. So there, there was a lot of moving parts that, that makes it um, a little more interesting and, and a little more uh, time-intensive. The... Uh... As far as the defense goes, the class that you guys brought in, it looked like tremendous balance. And I was looking at it, and you had, you know, a couple safeties, a couple quarterbacks. There was four linebackers, I think four or five, you know, defensive linemen, you know, three guys over 300 pounds in the middle of the defensive line. I mean, just that, that this recruiting class alone looks like it could be a, a Pac-12 caliber starting defense, just the defensive guys you brought in. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about, you know, the physical tools, and we're – um, very disciplined with what we were looking for. I think we have a, a real good vision of what we want to be and what we want to become. And uh, I think the, the staff did a great job of, of identifying those players and then ultimately going out and getting the ones that we wanted. One of the, uh, the things that's impressed me the most the last two years is you look at, you know, a year ago, signing day, there was, you know, four players you were after. You end up getting all four. Uh, three of them were five-star guys that had, you know, major contributions. Uh, Dory Jackson, Juju Smith, uh, Damian Mama. You know, you're not sure on signing day if you're going to get those guys. Same thing this year. I think it was five for five, and then you bring in an extra guy even on signing day. I, and 
for the sanctions, what people don't realize, I think, is you you not only want it, you're limited numbers wise, but you almost have to hit that number exactly. And the fact that you guys were able to close on everybody you wanted on the last two signing days, I don't remember, you know, even the Pete Carroll days being able to do things like that before. I mean, was that kind of like, do you have a plan in place? And then is there kind of like backup plans in case someone doesn't come through on signing day? And, and you know, I guess it, it just kind of explain that process. Well, we always have, um, they're not really backup plans. They're, uh, you know, just if things don't go um, exactly how you anticipate, but on our board, we didn't really have any guys that we didn't love, you know, so a backup plan to me is a guy you don't really want to take, but you kind of have to fall into it. Uh, we didn't feel there was anybody out there um, in that category. Um, you know, I, I think we've, I think we've closed well. You know, I know last year, even with the Dory and Juju Damien, um, the staff that that was at Washington that Coach brought down, we had really great relationships with those guys. And then I think again, you saw a very very strong close this year. Um, you know, we're in the we're in the people business and building relationships. And I think we felt um, we could close well with those guys because I think we really knew the families well. We knew what to expect. And um, getting them was, was obviously a great relief. But at the same time, it wasn't completely unexpected either. The uh, One other topic I wanted to bring up before we had some questions from the Peristyle for you, if that's okay. Um, the, the whole blue shirting, advanced scholarship kind of uh, phenomena. So, you know, I guess it's new. I, I've seen other schools use it. I know Tennessee's used it in the past and a way to kind of bring in guys. If people don't know, you know, early enrollees, you can count backwards blue shirts or advanced scholarships. You can count forwards. They can play right away. Um, USC was a couple guys coming in, but aren't able to announce because they didn't sign letters of intent or financial aid agreements. But what kind of player that essentially is recruited? I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're well-known they're players that can go to other major division one schools and choose to go to USC to blue shirt. Like what kind of player does that knowing that, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a stigma attached to it that you're not a quote unquote regular scholarship player. Well, I think that's going to be that stigma will only come outside the building, right? It's uh, the players that, that are choosing to do this. They have a, such a strong desire um, to be part of SC um, and guys that we've identified that, that can really help us. And it's, uh, it's, I think we have a great advantage being just in a, in a large metropolitan area that these kids, yeah, you can technically say for, um, for all intents of the recruitment process, they were never recruited because of a, you know, a couple of the criteria that, that make you fall in that category. But these, those players are, on campus a lot. They know our players. They've been around. So it's not a complete uh, unknown for them. It's just a, you know, the, a couple of the formalities um, that require that to, to be an advanced scholarship situation. All right. Makes sense. Uh, well, we have some questions from uh, the, the fans on the Peristyle, if that's okay. Um, okay. Uh, nine fight on 93. And I actually asked this kind of the question to Steve Sarkeesian at the, uh, at the recruiting press conference. But having, uh, how does having big body linebackers help against zone blocking? And what are the pros and cons of size and power in the middle versus those schemes compared to the smaller, quicker guys USC's had at linebacker over the past few years? Because obviously you're bringing in a much bigger linebacker class this time as far as size, length, and, and strength, and things like that. You know, I think a couple things, you know, of having size, um, you know, 
we really like playing uh, the, the two-gap, you know, the three-four spacing versus a lot of the one-back runs or quarterback runs. And uh, the big bodies allow us um, to play, what I say, play both sides of blocks, you know, to be able to take uh, when a guard climbs up or when a tackle climbs up, for us to be able to play behind our hands uh, and, and play off both sides of him. And, you know, what we're trying to uh, we're trying to defend is those downhill vertical cuts. You know, we're trying to get, get those ball carriers to bounce, um, not give them clean, uh, you know, 4-3 defense. You know, traditionally you have some open gaps, and sometimes you get some more vertical downhill runs. And we're trying to make the game a little more uh, horizontal than vertical. And to do that, you need bigger bodies, not only the point of attack, but guys that that have the ability to get off a block and still tackle the guy with the ball. Um, you're seeing bigger body guys, longer levered players have a better opportunity of taking on a block, uh, having the length to be able to get off that block and keep their eyes on their target, which is going to be the ball carrier, and then ultimately get them on the ground. It's, uh, it's more challenging for uh, guys that don't have that physical stature to take on blocks, see the ball carrier, get off, and get them on the ground. You see... Um, Sometimes the smaller guys have to jump around some blocks uh, to avoid them, and that's when you start opening up some vertical creases, and, and that's what we're uh, trying to avoid. Um, speaking of those bigger guys, Rick Raff wanted to know, what are your plans for Cameron Smith? You know, Cam's going to uh, start off inside for us. You know, I'm going to get him going at, at Mike Linebacker in the spring, uh, which is going to be a guy that uh, has to handle a lot of the, uh, the communication on the field, which... I think Cam is, is well-suited for. I like his physical nature, uh, playing inside. had a chance to watch him live this last year. I think he plays behind his hands. He's very instinctual. Um, now it's just a matter of getting him up to speed and getting him comfortable to a point where I can uh, assess what his, uh, um, you know, kind of where he's at and, and what, what he can do to uh, help contribute this year. And certainly it should help that he's going to be in spring football too, right? It's, it's a, I mean, the mid-year – um, experience is just huge for these guys. It's just it's really unbelievable that, you know, when they come into fall camp, they don't feel like rookies any longer. And then speaking of the middle, uh, Benny's girl wanted to know, who fills in the leadership void uh, with Hayes Pillard's departure, especially with all the young players on the squad? You know, I, I think the whole room is going to have to take care of it. You know, Hayes was a very unique player in terms of, of uh, his maturity and the command that he had in the room. Uh, Anthony Sorrow has been an unbelievable player, um, great leader for us. You go out and watch the workouts. He's the, he's the guy that, that uh, the players have a ton of respect for. Uh, Sue is continuing to develop into uh, you know, a player that, that can impact others. Um, so I, I think we'll be fine as a room. And, and some of these young guys, um, I don't assess leadership with age. You know, I, don't, I think a lot of the times uh, leadership is thought of on who's the oldest guy, who has the most – um, experience. I think leaders can come um, in a lot of different uh, age groups. You know, Juju did a great job um, asserting himself and, and ended up developing into a leader as a true freshman. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about the age of, of leadership in our room. I know I know we'll get guys that can that can fill it. Uh, Sack fifty five wanted to know for each of the linebacker signees you brought in, when did you think that they were going to be Trojans, or when did you know they were going to be Trojans? You know, I thought, uh, well, that's a good question. When, when Cam, uh, our, our elite junior day, um, last 
January, February, I thought we had a, a very, very good shot at getting Cam. I know he had um, had a lot of desire to be a Trojan, and uh, you know it just took them um, to a while to go through the process to to come to that realization. Um, Osa Messina, man, really, um, once we got the job at SC and, and reached out to Osa, we had already developed a really uh, a really good relationship with him. Um, and then coming out of the summer, um, we had the opportunity to spend some time with him in the summer, and I thought we had a great chance of getting him. But again, he was a guy that was going to go a little longer in the process. But uh, after the summer, I thought we had a, a, a more than a fighting shot with him. Uh, John Houston, you know, just you have to really fight the uh, um, sometimes the the thoughts of hey, he's a local kid, he's going to be SC. Yeah. So you know. We just we attacked him like, you know, he was living in the you know state of Florida and doing everything we could to, to make sure he knew how we felt about him. Um, but at the same time, he's a, he's a very uh, quiet, uh, really humble young man. And sometimes those are the most challenging to recruit because you don't have a lot of feedback. He's not um, a guy that's that's all over Twitter. So those are just those are have to be truly meaningful relationships. And, and I didn't think. Uh, I had to feel very, very comfortable until we got, you know, in December and January when the home visits started occurring and you go in and you sit with um, John, his father, and Yvette, and Justin and Jason and the brothers, and, and you really start getting that family feel that, that I thought we had a great opportunity that John uh, was going to join us. And then, uh, you know, Porter, I thought we were going to get all along, you know, from his first visit here, um, I believe it was, uh, I think, in April. Um, you know, I thought April or, or March, excuse me, um, you know, when he came with, with his, uh, his dad and his uncle Joel, who's also his coach, I thought we had a great, uh, a great connection early on. And then uh, not until, shoot, the, uh, would have been like, must have been like uh, Tuesday before signing day did I finally get the answer. But uh, I thought we had a great relationship with him the whole time. You know, you mentioned Twitter. I just, is, how big is, is Twitter and social media for you as a recruiting coordinator and recruiting? I mean, you, you have to be on that all the time, finding out what these guys are doing? Yeah, I, I don't use it, Ryan, as much to see what they're doing, but as a form of communication with them. Um, you know, it's part of part of recruiting is continuing to identify the market, you know, uh, where, where are those guys going to be, how can you reach them, um, you know, and, and what we're doing right now recruiting-wise we're not sending out as much mail as you know really other every other school in America is. We're we're changing philosophy and, and creating infographics and sending them via social media. Um, you know when you go to these homes and you see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of unopened envelopes, <laughs> you, know, you you start having to you can't do things the way they've been done and expect different results. So. Um, we know those guys are on Twitter, social media, so we're continuing to adapt to, to reach them, but also communicate with them daily. All right. Uh, we had a few questions on the team, too. Uh, one about Lamar Dawson. Where is he in his uh, rehabilitation, and what position do you think he's going to be playing? That's from SCI on. You know, Lamar still continues to progress. You know, I think uh, I don't think that knee bounced back quite as fast as he thought it would. Uh, you know, he did get some great practice reps uh, for us. Um, during that bowl prep, which was invaluable. It was like an additional spring for him. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where he's going to be at. Um, I think he's a guy that that can uh, scratch, um, 
you know, a lot of different itches. You know, he's a very, very smart young man. When he's got really good football knowledge. Um, we're going to start him out, you know, playing inside Mike and Will, and then just kind of let him show us where he's at health-wise and then continue to uh, increase his workload. And speaking of health, uh, Manny B, 133, uh, when Jabari Ruffin gets healthy, do you think he's going to move uh, over to the line group to get a look at Rush End, or do you think he's going to stay at uh, outside linebacker? I envision him staying, uh, staying with us, you know, at, at linebacker. Um, you know, the, the rushes are going to be with uh, the linebacker group a little bit more, you know, in the spring and in the fall. Um, so we'll have the rush, the Mike and the Will and the Sam together in the same room uh, a little more often moving forward. But, you know, Jabari's a very unique athlete. You know, he's, he's got that size, but he's also extremely, extremely athletic. That uh, you know, we have no issues with him playing uh, that Sam linebacker position, um, but he also has enough tools and uh, has shown in the past that he can do a great job of playing rush. So I think he's the guy that, that we'll see where he's, how he's feeling and, you know, probably have some good conversations about, you know, where we think he can, he can best help us and then include him on, on what his desires are and, and how he feels he can help us as well. And uh, one of the guys you brought in last year, the question is, how is uh, Elijah Juan Buda Tucker progressing and which linebacker position do you dis- anticipate him going to play? Buddha's doing doing well. You know, he was uh, did a good job for us on on service team last year, which uh, you know I think was, was good for him to, to get acclimated to just the college setting to develop physically. You know, he's been good in the weight room. I think he's moving better. Uh, when I get a chance to go watch him out with Coach Lewis, so I'm excited. You know, kind of where he's at, and I think his his frame of mind is the right way of he he understands the challenge of, of playing college at a big-time program. You know, it's not – you don't just come in and, and show up in the morning and go out there and play great. It's, it's a way of life. It's a, it's a mindset, and it's, a, it's a, a whole pattern of studying, preparing, and then executing. And I, I think he's going to play uh, – he'll play inside backer for us. You know, I think he's going to play the Mike Will positions. Uh, he could pop outside, I think, and play some rush. He's got nice length, and, and he's got – some good natural strength uh, when he strikes blocks. Um, this we get this question a lot, so it'd be good if you can uh, shed some light on it from Yan Man. Uh, where uh, what does Quentin Powell need to do to show the coaches that he can uh, earn more playing time? You know, Quentin's a, a good player for us. You know, he just has to show more consistency. You know, he has to be a guy that that uh, you know just continues to develop that side of his game. You know, I think he had a. It was a. It was a huge uh, honor for him to win the special teams player of the year. It was extremely productive for us uh, in special teams, and and that, by no stretch of the imagination, you know, that, I think in my opinion that's something that's overlooked. You know, he was a great team player, uh, moved around a lot of different positions, and continues to, to play his his butt off on, on teams. You know, but he's a guy to continue to be. Um, Consistent, you know, we'd like to see him put on a little more weight. You know, I think he's, I think he's almost uh, 210 right now. So he, he's put a lot of effort in gaining some weight, and, and then I think we'll have a good spring. Yeah, Dan Weber just did a story with uh, Becky Trombley. I think I believe I said her name right, but uh, they showed the different menus that these players have. That some there's weight gainer menus, there's weight loss menus, there's maintain menus. I think there's a different one for walk-ons, but he was certainly in that kind of weight gainer. Uh, category, but it's really interesting how 
what the kind of science that goes in behind each each player and what their menu has to be, considering what they want to do to their body. Yeah, it is. And, you know, every body is unique. And he's a real uh, lean cut, high metabolism, you know, body. And it, it's, you know, for some of those body types, it's just a real challenge to put on weight when you're going out and exercising and, and burning the calories that these guys burn. So um, he'll do a great job and he'll have a good spring. And we're excited about what he's going to do next year. For uh, Sua Cravens' question, I'm sure you always get these. Uh, going going into the season, how do you think Sua Cravens would be used differently this year? That's from Pablo F. Uh, you know, I think we're going to continue to to develop Sua where he's at. You know, I think from that position, he had, you know, was very very impactful um, in the run game. Had a lot of impact. You know, sacking the quarterback. Um, we put him in some in some very uh, stressful. Uh, past situations, and he just continues to make plays. So um, I, I think that's a position that he'll continue to play at. I think he have a huge impact on our success. And, you know, in some of those other situations, in true nickel situations, you saw him uh, later in the season go inside and play some inside linebacker and nickel. He went in and played our will linebacker position, and that's something that he's got to continue to develop at. But, um, you know, he's a guy you want on the field um, every down. Uh, we got a couple more. If you have a few minutes, if that's okay, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to. I don't want to keep you from all your duties. And you got to get ready for spring football. Um, Fiesta Hobbit. That's an interesting name. Are you a bigger proponent of physical practice with uh, live tackling to simulate game action, or less physical with more teaching time, or maybe a combination of both? I think there's a combination of both. I think there's there's always the appropriate time um, with what your um, practice emphasis is. Um, what you're emphasizing in the meeting room and how you're emphasizing what you do in the meeting room to what you do on the practice field. I think there has to be a continual uh, emphasis if you want to see results. The kids and players will will they'll answer the bell if you're consistent with what you're asking them to do. So I think when you're talking about teaching tempo, uh, live tempo, it's all based upon what the emphasis is, because uh, you can't emphasize everything. You have to be mindful of that and, and understand, like, okay, what I emphasize, I'm going to get results. So what am I going to spend time with in terms of getting those results? So I, I think I think there's a, a good blend. And then what time of year? Is it late in the year? Is it early in the year? Uh, is it spring football? So I think there's a time and place for both of those. All right. Um, Tarek wants to know, will we see a more attacking USC defense in the fall? Yeah, I think we will. You know, we've, we've had some real good conversations with the defensive staff, and, and uh, you know, I think that's something that, you know, as we continue to develop a, a mindset and, and feeling comfortable with the guys that are going to be going after the quarterback and guys that are going to be covering, uh, you know, I think you'll you'll see a, a more aggressive uh, defense. And then one last one for you, Blitz and Hutt. Uh, would you kindly ask Peter to name three of his favorite linebackers of all time? <laughs> Oh, man. Um, you know, when I was playing, I played with a guy that I thought was a, a heck of a player, Keith Bullock. Uh, came out of Syracuse in the class of uh, 2000, played with him when I was at the Titans. Um, was a phenomenal player, uh, very durable playmaker, um, you know, really a guy that, that could make every play um, and play in every situation. He could play physical. He could play uh, finesse. He had a lot of tools. Um, you know, just growing up and watching pro football, 
you know, a guy that, that always stood out was Junior Seau. Just obviously he was a great player, but the, the intensity and the and the excitement he played with was truly remarkable. And I think still to this day, there's not many like him. Uh, and there hasn't been many since just that that has that energy you can you can feel watching him on the TV. Um, and then right now probably probably a guy I enjoy watching is the uh, is the player of Carolina Panthers, the uh, Luke Keekley, the kid from Boston College. Yeah. Uh, who's really developed, I think, into uh, shoot. Um, got really got every tool that you could want to be a to NFL linebacker. Well, great stuff. So got Peter Sermon, he's the linebacker coach for USC, recruiting coordinator and associate head coach on defense. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Sermon USC. That's at Coach Sermon USC. Thanks so much for carving out some time here. I know you got a busy schedule heading in and getting ready for spring football, but thanks very much for joining the Parasol Podcast. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. All right. Thanks, Peter Sermon. Everyone else, thanks for tuning into the podcast. We will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Parastyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on parastylepodcast.com or search for Parastyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Thank you.